Welcome to Alger Assembly of God, and welcome back. It's our series, our study entitled Identity. We're exploring who we are in Christ. It's been said that when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. If we know who we are in Christ, we'll know what to do. And so we've looked at a number of things that God's Word has said that you and I, as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, who we are. We've said that we are ambassadors in Christ. We represent Him. Secondly, we saw the fact that we are a masterpiece in Christ. Now, sometimes we might feel like a mess. Without Christ, our life is a mess. But with Christ, we are a masterpiece. Last week, we went to Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. We got you all thirsty, all hungry. We were talking about salt all morning long. Some of you were thinking about your favorite salty snack. Or uh, you're thinking about your favorite meal that you take that salt shaker out and douse with. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. I invite you back to Matthew chapter 5, because when Jesus said you are the salt of the earth in Matthew 5, 13, he wasn't done with talking about what you and I as believers, as followers in Christ are. So Matthew 5, 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So ambassador and masterpiece and salt and light, these are all descriptions of who and what we are. When we know who we are, we'll know what to do. So Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, here's the reality. The reality is that the world in which we live in is a dark world. Now, we look outside, physically speaking, the sun's out. Spiritually speaking, the world that we live in is a dark place without Christ. And he said, you and I, as believers, as followers, we are the light of the world. Here's how Jesus said it in John chapter 3, verse 19. This is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. It doesn't take too far to look in communities, in our nation, in our world to see that we need Jesus. It's a dark place. Jesus said that men loved darkness. They would rather live in the darkness rather than be in the light with Jesus Christ. Why? Because the deeds are sinful and evil. The darkness opposes the light. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. He says, You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, walk as children of light. I like that. He says, Here's what you were. You were darkness, but now you are light. 
In other words, you were in sin. If Jesus Christ has cleansed you and forgiven you and set you free, you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a believer, here's what you were. You were in darkness, you were in sin, but now you are in Jesus Christ. Now you are in the light. And he says, as a result, walk as children of light. What's that mean? Walk as children of the light. You are the light of the world. What does that mean? How do we live as light? I'll take a look at a handful of ways from Matthew chapter 5. How do we live as light? First of all, I believe we need to shine personally. Shine personally. Jesus said in verse 14, you are the light of the world. That's personal, right? Verse 16, he says, let your light shine. If you are a Christian, if I am a Christian, a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, then I have a light that needs to shine. It must shine personally. And if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, you've got a light that needs to shine. We're to shine personally for him. Jesus doesn't say there's potential you could be, you might be, it's possible you could be the light. He very simply declares you are the light. That's who you are. That's what you and I are to do. We've got an obligation to shine for Jesus Christ. All right, I'm going to bring it back. You ready? You ready to be brought way back, way, way back? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Anybody know that song? Some of you, you know, it's been years since you've heard that. I mean, that's, that's one of those classic children's Sunday school songs or kids' church songs. And some of you, you heard that growing up, and then you, you, you sung that in church or you taught other people. This little light of whose? Mine. Who's going to let it shine? I'm going to let it shine. The song is basically re-saying what Jesus said. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. So when we sang the song as a kid or you sang the song in a class, you're saying, I'm personally going to let my light shine. See, I can let my light shine, but I can't let or make your light shine. True? I can't shine your light for you. I can shine mine. And you can shine yours. Each of us are to shine personally. And when we do that, our lives are going to impact and influence somebody else for Jesus Christ. Now, if our light grows dim, sometimes other people's lights grow dim as well. It's that influential effect. Maybe you've seen that in sports. Could be basketball, football, baseball, volleyball, soccer. You've got someone who goes all out. They've got energy to spare, and their energy kind of encourages somebody around them, one of their teammates, to start giving their all. And when a second person starts giving their all, that influences and impacts the third and the fourth and the fifth. You've also seen in the other, the other aspect. If someone doesn't really care, they show up, and they're not putting forth the effort. Then somebody next to them thinks, well, then I don't have to get my all either. You've seen that in teams. Some teams, they're rising up with effort. Others are kind of playing down. 
whether in teams, whether in our own personal life, you start shining your light for Jesus Christ, someone else is going to see you. Man, I'm going to shine my light too. I want to shine bright for Jesus Christ. You can be that spark of the person next to you. You can be that spark at work. You can be that spark at school. You can be that spark in your home, in your family, in your neighborhood. We are to shine personally. Sometimes we struggle to, or sometimes we have failed to shine brightly or shine personally for the Lord. We are to shine. As a church collectively, we are to shine. Jesus says we're the city on a hill. And over the years, can't tell you the number of times people have referred to Alger Assembly of God as the what? The church on the hill. If you're coming from Alger north, you're kind of going up the hill. It's not a mountain, but it is a hill. And here we are right on the top of that. It shouldn't just be figurative or physical that the church building sits on top of the hill and people can kind of see it there, but that we as a church are collectively shining our light, that people can see Jesus in us. It's not just things that we're against, but things that we are for. We are for who and what Jesus Christ is for. Let our lights shine Personally, as a church, how about as a family? To allow our lights to shine for Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you a question, and don't answer out loud. I would venture to say, certainly in in our communities that are represented all of kind of this region or area of Ohio, it's a, a handful of small communities. And in small communities, don't you tend to know a little bit about a little, pretty much everybody, Right? I mean, a little different from Columbus and Cleveland and Cincinnati. You know, you bring up the so-and-sos, immediately, I would venture to say you've got an idea. You've got an opinion about the so-and-sos because you know one of the so-and-sos. Fortunately or unfortunately, aren't there kind of some thoughts or generalizations about families? Now, you're smiling because I know I'm not sure exactly who you're thinking about, but you're thinking of some families, right? And you're, you're thinking of some really good families. You're also thinking about some hmm kind of families. True? You hear about your kids or your grandkids who's going to, so, uh, going to school and in class with so-and-so. And immediately you think about their parents or you think about their grandparents, you think about their aunt or their uncle, why? There's, there's kind of that, that thought about the family. What would, what would people think about a Christian family? Is the first thing that comes to mind, wow, that family loves God. That family seeks to follow him, or is it something else? I want to challenge us. I want to encourage us, not just to say, well, I'm a part of a church that's hopefully seeking to live for Jesus and let our light shine for Jesus, but be a part of a family that lets your light shine. Now, listen, it's not just about the church, and it's not just about the family. How about individually, personally? Jesus said, you are the light. Let your light. 
It's not just I'm a part of the church's life. It's not just I'm a part of my family's life, but all the way down to the individual. I personally must let my light shine. Do we look for opportunities to let our light shine or do we kind of kind of keep it hidden? What would people think about Jesus? What would people think about Christianity? What would people think about God if you or I were their only representative? We were their only point of contact. What would they think about Jesus? What would they think about God? What would they think about Christianity, about serving him? What about if every single Christian in the world lived like you? So, The basic view of Christians, the basic view of Christianity would be based on how you lived your life. It could be encouraging. That could be a scary thought. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We are to let our life shine. Are people attracted to Jesus based on how we live our life? Or are they turned away from, repelled by the fact of Jesus Based on us. I know you've heard, most of you have heard one or both of these quotes. People have said this. You're the only Jesus some will ever see. You're the only Bible some will ever read. So when they see you, when they read you and I, are they seeing Jesus in our lives? Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. The challenge, the encouragement is that we shine personally. Secondly, the challenge and encouragement is that we would shine publicly. Again, back to verse 14. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And in verse 16, let your light shine before others. We're to shine personally publicly that people would see us and hopefully see Jesus in us. Make the decision not to hide or cover the light that is in you. Light is to shine. Jesus said, it's foolish to hide it. Okay, back to the song. I'm going to ask you, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And you sing that. And then How many of you know there's another verse or two, but one of the verses says, hide it under a bushel. Oh, no, no, no. That's not how you sing the song. Some of you might have forgotten. I mean, when it comes to kids, in in kids' church and in kids' Sunday school, I mean, all the time teachers are saying, be quiet, be quiet, listen up, be quiet, shh. What do kids like to do? Talk, be loud, be noisy, yell, shout, and scream. So this song, when you get to the part, I mean, first of all, kids love motions. I don't know about you, but uh, way back in the day when my mom did kids' church, I think she might have done one of the motions, you know, you you put your little pointer finger up, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, you know, and then you get to the, you know, hide it under a bushel, and you take the other one, hide it under a bushel, no. So they love the motions, but boy, kids love to shout and yell and scream. 
And so when you came to this point in the song, you encouraged the kids to shout or to yell or to scream, no, hide it under a bushel, no. So we're going to try it again. All right, because it, it needs to be good and loud that everybody listening to the podcast online can hear it. Everybody, you know, watching the video can hear it. So I'm going to say, hide it under a bushel. Or you're going to yell, no. Are you ready? That's the practice. Hide it under a bushel. No. Oh, very good. Very good. Jesus said it's foolish to take and hide your light under a bushel. I mean, what good does that do? You put a bushel over it to some degree, depending on what you cover it with, that, that lamp, that light, that, that match, that candle might go out, but you put it under a bushel, how effective is that? It needs to be out in the open for the light to make a difference. It's, it's got to be public, the light of Jesus Christ, the light that we show and share and live needs to be shared publicly with the world. Allow Jesus Christ to use you. I need to allow him to use me wherever I go and you wherever you go, that we're bringing that light everywhere and we're letting it shine brightly for Jesus. Make that commitment. Everything we do, how we interact with people at school, at work, on the job, in the community, how we talk, how we share, how we encourage, how we interact. Are we shining our light for Jesus Christ? If he's done a work in us, hopefully it's going to, to come out in how we live and act. Again, Paul said, you were darkness. Without Christ, we were in the darkness ourselves. Now we're to be a light shining back into the darkness. Shine publicly that everybody can see there's a change. Maybe some people knew the old you or knew the you before Jesus. That before Jesus, you were like this. But now with Jesus Christ, you're like this. We're to shine publicly. If there's no difference in our hearts, if there's no difference in our lives, something's got to give, something's got to change. Perhaps that means surrender our heart and our life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Or maybe that means it's that fresh repentance of sin. God, clean me yet again. Forgive me yet again that I can go public with my life and declaration of Jesus. Water baptism is a public declaration of faith. When we baptize in water, if you've been baptized in water, what that means is this. We're saying, we're declaring, I've given my life to Jesus. I've allowed him to cleanse me. I've allowed him to forgive me of sins. I used to be in darkness. I used to be in a life of sin. But Jesus Christ has saved and cleansed me. And coming up out of the water, it represents that, that brand new cleansing forgiveness in Jesus Christ. It's a public declaration to everybody that sees it. Jesus is number one in my life. 
So quick note, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you are someone who has surrendered your heart and life to Jesus and you've not been baptized in water, I'd love to point you to that. love to share with you about that. Give you an opportunity of being baptized in water. So the encouragement is to shine personally. The encouragement is to shine publicly. Finally, as we take a look at Matthew chapter 5, I believe we're to shine purposefully. There's a purpose for you and I and how we shine. Verse 15, he says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. The purpose of the light is to give light. In the same way, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're to shine purposefully. When we do so, the light exposes the darkness. Isn't that what lights do? You're at a campsite and you light a candle, you light a lantern, you get in your car at night and, and you turn on your headlights. What was dark in front of you is now exposed in the midst of the light. Any light bulb, you go into a dark room at night and what's the first thing you do? I mean, you're, you're plopping your hand around the corner to flip that light switch on. Most people aren't super crazy about the dark. So we're always flipping on that light switch. Why? To get rid of the darkness. It's revealing what's hidden in the dark. When light shows up, darkness flees. It's good news. Darkness and light can't exist together. They're mutually exclusive. When there's darkness and you introduce a light, boom, darkness flees. You ever been in a, in a dark room or even uh, maybe on a campground and it's just dark and even just a single lit match? It's amazing. Your, your eyes get kind of adjusted. And even in the darkness, just the, the light or the flickering of one tiny little match Boy, it illuminates a lot. Now, going uh, back years and years and years, I know in Ohio we have had Heartland Campground for 20 or just a little over 20 years. Some of you have been to Big Prairie back in the day. Back in the day, years and years ago, I met Kimmy there at family camp. And back in the day, youth camp was there. And at Big Prairie, there is not as much as there are at Heartland. Not the nice pool that there is at Heartland. Uh, Big Prairie did not have high ropes course like Heartland. Or the zip line like Heartland or the... Well, pretty much anything else like Heartland. And so in youth camp, you had to be creative when you came up with games. And, and boy, uh, the youth leadership, they would come up with some crazy wild games to play. And one of them was late night. You know, it would be late night. We'd have a service already at like 7. Service would go to 7 to 9 or 10. And so by 10 or 11 o'clock after the service, we'd gather back into the tabernacle, just kind of in the middle of camp there. And it would be late night activity. And one of those late night activities was called the counselor hunt. 
exciting for kids, not so much for counselors. We gather everybody in there, and we as counselors, as adults, uh, we, they basically said, go find a place to hide at Heartland, not Heartland, at Big Prairie. Go find a place to hide. We're going to give you, you know, they said 10 minutes or five minutes. Whatever they told us, they never gave it to us because it was always fun to let the kids go early. So they'd give us a little bit of a head start, and we would have to go find a hiding place, and then they would unleash hundreds of young people to play hide-and-seek and hunt counselors down in the middle of the night. And so we as counselors, we typically would have, this was, you know, way back in the day before cell phones were so prolific. So we might have a little flashlight with us and they'd let us go and we are running as fast as we can out of the tabernacle. We're trying to find a place to hide, but there are so many of us, 50, 60, 70 adults and counselors, you're trying to find a place that someone else isn't hiding. So you'd use your your flashlight, and you're running in the dark because there's hardly any lights out there at Big Prairie. And so I'd put my little flashlight on as I'm running, running, running. And what does my flashlight do? It exposes the dark. So I know where to step and where not to step. I don't want to twist my ankle trying to go hide from all these kids. You see, That flashlight for me helped to expose the darkness, but it also helped to reveal the right path. What to avoid and what to step on to get myself to some place where I hoped to hide myself. Flashlight was very helpful. See, you and I, if we're shining as lights and we're shining purposefully, part of it is exposing the darkness, but part of it is revealing the right path. That flashlight helped me know where I could stand on or run on solidly. When you get into your cars and you flip the headlights on, it not only reveals and exposes the darkness and and exposes everything outside of the road, it reveals the right path. It it reveals where the lines are, and you got to hopefully stay in between those lines as you're driving. So the light exposes darkness. It reveals the right path. You and I as believers, as Christians, are to point people to Jesus. He is the right path. We're to live as lights. As we shine purposefully, part of it then is to glorify God. It says they'll see our good works and then do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. The purpose of shining as a light isn't to say, wow, look how awesome of a light I am. The purpose is to point people to Jesus. As a result, they'll give glory and glorify the Father in heaven. Now, you and I, we are human. We won't be perfect, but let us live faithful. Let us live consistent. Let us live day in and day out for Jesus Christ, that people can see us, as a result, hopefully see him in us and through us, shine purposefully to reflect the sun, S-O-N. You've you've seen glow-in-the-dark toys, right? 
Maybe glow-in-the-dark wristbands or just glow-in-the-dark plastic toys. And, you know, if you buy a glow-in-the-dark toy and you just immediately go out in the dark, it doesn't work real well. In fact, some of them have put little sayings on them. One of them says this, If you want me to shine in the night, keep me in the light. If you want to shine in the night, keep me in the light. What's it saying? You take that glow-in-the-dark toy, and you put it underneath a lamp. You put it underneath your, your kitchen lamp or you know, a desk lamp, and you let it kind of soak up that light, right? And now it kind of absorbs that. And now you take that and go outside. Whatever that little toy is, it, it's going to light up. Green, yellow, one of those reflective colors. It reflects the light that it has absorbed. If we are to shine for Jesus Christ, we've got to keep ourselves in his light. We can't shine for him if we're never putting ourselves in his light. To shine best in the darkness, to shine best in the night, keep ourselves in the light of Jesus Christ. It's a lot of things. The sun is bright. The moon is that reflection. I think, was it last night? I think that the moon was awful bright, almost like a full moon. When you look out maybe in your backyard and, and there's no lights, and that moon, it doesn't have light of its own. But boy, it's, it's reflecting the sunlight even at night. Sometimes the earth gets in the way, right? And that's, that's how with all the half moons and slivered moons, uh, the earth is partially in the way. It kind of hinders the moon from receiving that light. Sometimes that light gets hindered or obstructed. We've got to get the world out of the way and allow ourselves to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you and I were the light of the world. Let your light shine. Not shine so that, wow, people can see how awesome and bright we are, but that we can shine and point people to him. He's changed our lives. If we are a Christian, if we are a believer of Jesus in our life, he's changed your life and mine. We used to be in darkness, but now we live in the light. Let's shine and allow other people to see Jesus. So I think the challenge is to shine personally, to shine publicly, and then shine purposefully.